Recently, I got accidentally high from a CBD tincture, and it really threw me for a loop. But it was also an incredible teaching ability for me to see something, to see that we can get caught in a very destructive part of our recovery called the forgetter. That part of us that makes light of or forgets how difficult it was. Not that we want to be going back and living in those difficult, painful times, but we want to stay vigilant. We don't want to sit on our laurels in our recovery. And what I found from this situation was that my forgetter was growing and that this allowed me to truly see how important recovery is for me, how important a clear mind is for me, how grateful I am to be coming up on six years sober. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, codependency, and control addiction. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we need to turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on our inner change and healing. Positive results in our lives will follow. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. I'm Reverend Rachel, and I thank you for choosing to spend your time with me today. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul community. I'm so glad that you're here. If you're new to soul recovery, welcome. Welcome, welcome. And if you've been coming back again and again, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you choose to spend your time with me. And it's just so much fun to have this community growing and supporting each other. So for this episode, I wanted to talk about something that recently happened to me uh, last week. I accidentally got stoned last week, and it was quite shocking. And it was a very interesting experience all the way around in terms of my soul recovery. And I wanted to share it with you because it was not on my radar at all. And it had a lot of pretty profound awarenesses for me in my my journey. Back in the first season, when I was figuring out what soul recovery was, and I was still being really cautious about whether I should talk about Al-Anon or AA or what was going on, I did an episode called The Forgetter. And there is this concept in recovery where you get to this place where you start to feel better. You know, you've come out of this immense darkness and unmanageability. You start to feel better and your forgetter kicks on. I believe it's actually a term in the Alcoholics Anonymous big book. And the forgetter turns on and the forgetter basically wipes out all of the old memories of how you had completely screwed up your life and your addiction, your relationships, your situations. And all it can remember is the fantasy. All it can remember is, oh, it felt so good. And isn't it great to be able to relax at the end of the day with this or to celebrate or to be with friends or to go out to a restaurant and have wine or margaritas or, you know, whatever it is. It's like you forget the ugliness of the situation, you know, 
that we have to be really cautious and diligent about staying in our recovery. And that's another main reason why a lot of people say if you don't continue in the 12-step rooms that you'll your forgetter will kick in and you'll relapse. You know, ultimately, 12-step is a spiritual program. It is about step 12 says having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And so it's around really coming to yourself. It's not just about stopping the substance or the behavior. It's around changing your life completely and totally immersing yourself in a new way of being. I often say that the solution to our discomfort or the solution to reward or feeling good or however it was in our life was whatever our addiction was. And then if you don't switch out that solution with something else, then you might not be doing the behavior or taking the substance, but you didn't deal with all of the underlying stuff that was how you got into the addiction anyway. There are addictive substances that chemically affect your brain in a certain way and become an addiction, but generally we don't get there unless there's some stuff underneath that we were trying to cover, hide, run away from, check out from, numb, you know, all those things. So the forgetter allows us in our addiction, if we're not staying diligent, if we're not staying really on top of our our recovery journey to start to fantasize around what it is that we want. And I can't tell you how many people fall off the track because of their forgetter, because they get to the place in their recovery where they feel so much better. And they say, yeah, I've got, I've got a handle on this. I don't think I really have to worry about this anymore. I can, uh, I can drink a beer every once in a while, or I can smoke a little weed every once in a while, or I can gamble every once in a while, or I can have a pint of ice cream every once in a while, you know, whatever it is, whatever your addiction is. The secret to true long-term recovery success is to never lose sight of that first step, which says I'm powerless over whatever this behavior or substance is. So here's to my story. So I have loved being sober and I've been sober since February, 2018. It's interesting to me to start to sometimes go back and look at what my life looked like when I quit drinking. And I know I've told some of these stories before, but for those of you that love me and will hear the stories again, I appreciate it. And maybe there's somebody who's hearing this, who hasn't heard the other podcasts and doesn't know this, but By the time I quit in February of 2018, my life at that time looked like I would finish working. I had a flask or a small bottle of vodka in my car. I would generally do a shot on my way home from work as my first, like the day is done, do a shot to just sort of get myself to where I could actually get home. I would come home, I would pour myself a huge glass of white wine out of a box of wine. And that would be my first one. And I would get the dog. And I would go for a dog walk along the creek path of our house. And then I would proceed to drink uh, probably two bottles of wine by the time that the evening was done. So all of this is happening between 
four and 10 o'clock at night. And I was starting to black out. My blood work was off the charts, not good. I was incredibly bloated. I didn't feel good. I didn't sleep well. If you look at pictures of me, I didn't look well. I wasn't remembering. So I had a lot of memory issues. And if I didn't drink that much every single day, I knew exactly how much would keep me from getting sick uh, physically, like throwing up. But I went to bed every night with a glass of wine at my table side. I was miserable. I was miserable in my heart. I was miserable in my body. Uh, I was miserable in my marriage. I was miserable in my job. I was miserable with my friends. I really just thought there wasn't any hope for me. I was really in a dark, dark place. And the boys were concerned for me. Rich didn't drink the way that I did. He drank his own heavy way in his own way. But this whole drinking a box of wine every two days and just waking up and doing the next thing day after day was a pretty miserable existence to have. So when Rich came to us and said, I want to quit drinking because he was being athletic with Bodhi. They were doing a lot of uh, stand-up paddle boarding on the rivers and river surfing and going down big rapids on stand-up paddle boards in the rivers and competing. And then there was even lake competitions where they, you know, go as fast as you can for hours on end, you know, these huge competitions. And he was in a place where he was feeling like the alcohol was keeping him from being his fullest athletic self. And so when he came and said, I think we should quit drinking again, man, I think back to that and it was just terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying to think about not having what felt like a solution to me that felt like the only way to live. I was so, so in my addiction, but there was this moment of grace that came I'm always kind of caught by surprise when I get these, these emotions, but it's so powerful to think back to how much pain I was in and how really emotionally bankrupt I was, how spiritually bankrupt I was, and that this moment of grace that came in that just said, you got to give yourself another chance that I luckily had been sober one other time. And I remembered how clear it felt, but in that moment of grace, it wasn't that the moment of grace said, you are worth it. That this life is worth living. And that there's something in you it is important and you don't have to be in this much pain and I'm one of the lucky ones that had this moment that just said I I do want something different and so many of you have heard this story and know that I went to Thailand with my mom for three weeks and in that trip I detoxed I brought on that trip two gallon-sized baggies full of shooters and slowly weaned myself off of alcohol until 
you know, just having a tall beer <laughs> at the end of the day by the time we got to the end of our trip and then having my my last drinks um, on the airplane landing in Denver and getting picked up by Rich and having this huge fight with Rich on the way home and just thinking to myself, oh, how am I ever going to give this up? You know, how am I going to give up this thing that keeps me from feeling that really has saved me from my feelings, even though that's complete bullshit, because the truth was it didn't save me from any of my feelings. It made it all worse. It made it all substantially worse. So here I am, five and a half years later, living a life that is full and healthy and sober and best relationship with my husband that I've, I've ever had since we were first all newly lovey-dovey married. Great relationships with my kids, just healthy in my heart, just so grateful to be here on this microphone sharing this journey with all of you, like just incredibly blessed, so blessed, and not the the blessed placard at the Michaels, but like truly with humility and grace and gratitude to have this life, to be able to be a, a beacon of light in your lives and to share this experience with you. Just, I cannot even believe that this is what's happened in my life. And I'm immersed in the spiritual journey. I wake up every day and have a spiritual practice. I speak to you every day and have a spiritual practice. And it's kind of funny because the forgetter has been showing up, right? Not that I want to drink because I really don't want to drink, but I've heard myself starting to say to people, I loved drinking and I miss it. And I'm curious around what that is because if I go back to the story that I just told you, that didn't sound like that much fun. That didn't sound like somebody having a good time. That sounded like somebody who was a really lost in addiction human being. And so it's fascinating to sort of watch that part of your brain that the forgetter is that starts to say there's some fairy tale, there's some belief out there that it's going to be this certain way that the addict is in there like telling you a story of a fantasy, right? And so that I've noticed after I had this incident of getting stoned by accident, this memory that I was like, wow, I've been saying out loud that I liked drinking, that I miss it. And then if I'm really honest, there's a whole thing right now with microdosing, psychedelic therapy research, and I have a really good friend who is an incredible psychedelic therapist that takes people through journeys and transforms lives. You know, there's this whole industry that's around that. And I have no pony in this game, right? I think it, that is for people and that's really going to help them. You know, I was raised with parents who did psychedelics and so you know, I have a whole other way that I was raised. But I have noticed this piece of me that starts to say, oh, should you do that? Is that something you should try? Is that a way that you could deepen your spiritual practice, you know? And I think that for me is the forgetter, the part of my addict that 
wants to feel a different way, that forgets how good it feels to just be clear, just to be clear and clean in how you are in your world. So here's to my how I accidentally got stoned story. If you're ready for soul recovery, as a spiritual coach, I can support your healing to help make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. You can also work in smaller groups by taking a deep dive in a Zoom workshop or with me in person at a retreat or an event. Join others on the soul recovery path once a month for the free Zoom support group or daily on the private Facebook page. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions with me or find all the information you need about soul recovery, dates that are coming up, and how to register for those groups and workshops. To support the podcast and the community, check the links in the show notes to make a small monthly donation or a one-time donation of your choice that will make a huge impact to support this community and the soul recovery mission. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. So Alex and Bodhi work for a company that's a one-wheel accessory company called The Float Life. And one of their products was a CBD product. I have intense back pain. I've had really bad back pain um, ever since I was a adolescent and I fell on my back when I was in middle school. And so it it's a pretty substantial piece of my life that I can't stand up or walk for long periods of time. And it's way, 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 way better in my life now because I've been doing a lot of holistic work on it. I've been doing physical work on it. I've been doing emotional and spiritual work on it, but it's a lot better. But I I have these droppers um, that the kids gave me that I will do a single dropper of this CBD elixir, which has really helped in terms of sometimes when I'm having back pain. And it's never, ever made me feel like I have any altered state, right? So it's never affected me in a way that felt altered. It just truth is it might even be placebo that makes my back feel better, but somehow it made my back feel better. So anyway, one of the bottles was empty and it just had some like residue on the inside. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just put a little bit of hot water in that and mix it up because my back was hurting and take that. So I mixed it up and then I actually just poured it into the drink that I was drinking. And as I was drinking it, I was like, wow, that really tastes like pot. And about 15 or 20 minutes later, I'm sitting out here in my studio and I'm getting ready to edit a podcast and I go, oh shit, I do not feel right. And I have been stoned before in my life because I used to smoke a lot of pot when I was in college and I felt altered and I immediately was like, oh God, this feels terrible. And I thought it was so interesting because I went into a space of like really feeling my body. This is something that that I encourage people to do when you do work with me and that I do for myself is, is to be present right here, right now, and not get caught up in a bunch of other stuff and just really be present in your body. And I thought, how does this feel? What is, what's going on in my body right now? It felt very out of control. It felt really spacey, you know, it did not feel good. 
and I did not like it. And one of the most immediate things that I thought was, you have been asking for this. Your forgetter had gotten you off track and forgetting how good it feels to be a hundred percent present. That you have been reminiscing on, you have been fantasizing about the olden days of how it feels to be altered. And how fascinating it was that here I was by truly by a mistake, not wanting to be altered, completely altered. And how I didn't like it. It immediately gave me this intense gratitude for my sobriety. It gave me this intense gratitude for clarity of mind. And all I could think was, oh my God, I wonder how long this is going to take for it to pass. So I stood in my center. I had this conversation with myself. I had compassion and tenderness to myself for putting myself in this situation, right? You should have not done that. You know, you has specific dosages. You don't really know what's on the inside of this bottle. Why did you do that? And then say, no, you don't have to judge yourself. You don't have to be upset with yourself. Just be right here with your body right now and really be with a part of you that has clarity around the fact that this is not who you are. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't resonate with you. That your truth is you don't want to be altered in any way, in any form, in any way outside of prayer and meditation. And so after about two hours, it passed. Thank God. I woke up the next day. I just allowed myself to really process through, through journaling and have clarity around the forgetter and to be grateful for the opportunity to have had this easy, safe, you know, I was at home experience that reminded me of how much I appreciate my sobriety, of how grateful I am and how altered I used to be. Like, it's crazy to think that it made sense to me to have a shot when I got in the car, just to like bring myself to what then felt normal. It felt normal then to be altered. And now I just am so grateful that all of that is out of my system. I've had this opportunity to truly remember and have clarity that I do not want anything in my body that alters my state. That this ability to have reset up my brain, you know, I'm almost seven years, and they say that all your cells regenerate after seven years. So if I'm almost six years sober, I'm coming up on complete transformation of cells regenerating. You know, it takes it take longer than seven years because they all have to regenerate. But the whole concept is that what used to feel normal to me and used to be desirable to me, the longer you're sober, and it's it's not just from substances or behaviors, it's also from the way that we think. That when we start to clean up and clear up the way that we behave, the way that we show up, the way that we are in our lives, we get more clear 
and more true to who we are. And so then you look back and I think, man, those old ways that I used to behave, those old ways I used to think, they were just as addictive and just as toxic as the substance that I was putting into my body. And so the recovery is not just the substance. The recovery is more how we feel inside of ourselves. And the beauty of soul recovery and the beauty of Al-Anon and the beauty of coming over your codependence is we're learning that we get to control ourselves, our own healing. And that in every situation, when we take away the addictive substance, the addictive people, the toxic relationships, and we start to clean ourselves up, how good that feels. And it used to feel good when it was the other way. And so having had this little moment of time of being altered, it expanded for me this truth that is not just that I don't want my mind altered in that sense. I don't want my mind altered in even a grander sense. I don't want it altered with negative thoughts and with petty irritations and with grievances and resentments and anger and being dissatisfied or trying to control things or gosh, all the stuff that used to just be so normal for me that I was using alcohol to cover how that felt. So in the end, I'm grateful for this experience, right? If we can look at each of these experiences that happen in our lives and we can start to say, this was learning for me. What am I learning in my curriculum of life? What can I get from this? What can I, what can I juice out of this? Right? Cause when it was while it was happening, you know what I thought? I'm not telling anybody about this fear, shame, guilt, right? Like, why would you do this? You're supposed to be sober. And as soon as it was over, I thought, wow, what an experience. Thank God that's over. And wow, what did I learn? And how can I share this? It doesn't affect my sobriety date because to me, it doesn't have anything to do with it. I don't see it as a slip. I see it as a, like a real reminder of how grateful I am for my emotional sobriety, for my physical sobriety, for my soul recovery, that I don't want to do anything that will take me away from this incredible new way of thinking, feeling, and believing, and walking in the world that is crisp and clear and authentic and humble and kind and compassionate. That's how I want to live my life. So thank goodness this little experience happened and my forgetter has been put in check. Don't get caught up in the forgetter. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Soul Podcast and being part of this amazing and growing community. If you loved this episode and you want even more, there is a bonus episode with even more content every Friday. This is by subscription. You can access that by being a Patreon member and there's three tiers of giving of your choice or an Apple Podcast subscriber. Once you have subscribed, you have access to a whole back catalog of episodes as well. 
If you would go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and I would love for you to subscribe to email updates so that you can keep posted with everything that's going on, different events, what dates are coming up, any reminders. There's only a couple emails each month. I hope you follow Recover Your Soul on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the private Facebook community page, TikTok, and if you want guided meditations, look for Reverend Rachel Harrison on Insight Timer. I really encourage you to take advantage of the one-on-one coaching. This is a unique, intuitive connection between the two of us. There are nine steps to soul recovery, and I do use those nine steps to loosely guide us through whatever you're coaching that you need. But really, it's about creating a way for you to feel comfortable around your healing of your past, looking at the situations in your life. What are the patterns? What are the beliefs that are holding you back? Breaking free from those patterns, breaking free from those beliefs, letting go of control, letting go of the people around you, and taking your power back discovering who you are and who you want to be in the world and how I can support you to do this. And also, you're sharing this podcast with your friends, putting five stars, leaving reviews, really sharing this with others is growing the community. Thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for supporting Recover Your Soul. And I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.